Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 170, and today we'll be talking about Dewey Wins and Gemcation. I'm GC13. And I'm Sophia. It's uh it's been a while since we've had the the daring duo on a podcast episode. Yeah, yeah, been a while. Uh, we go through various combinations. Yeah, I think uh a lot of us are students at the moment, so finals week has been quite the toll. It's been tough. I've been doing my best, I guess, and it's over. We'll see. I think Dewey did his best. Nanafwa just had him dead to rights. I don't think Dewey deserved to be mayor, politically speaking. What do you think, GC? I think politically speaking, there's no deserves... Well, I don't not. think not not deserve. That's a that's a poor word. Um, he couldn't get the votes. He doesn't have the uh, the gumption, the skills. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think Dewey's loss is going to be hardest on Buck. You know, now that he's <laughs> not the mayor's son, people can tell him what to do now. Uh, Kofi looked really excited though when he heard the news. You can't tell me what to do. I am the mayor's son. Oh, God, you're right. You're right. That is something that could happen. Although <laughs> Nanafla, I mean, they need to have an actual election. I mean, it's not just like you hold a protest and then you debate and then it's like, okay, well, now I guess you're mayor. Like, Does Beach City even have, like, actual elections? I mean, they have to. If it's its own distinguished city, It ha- it has to have an election like unless it's a like a sub neighborhood or an unincorporated territory that could be very likely yeah i mean it it might just be it might just be super convenient that the election just so happened to be right about then uh i find that hard to believe it's gonna be like three weeks and there's gonna be no mayor this is a because cartoons thing you know it you know there just so happens to be an election right when dewey is at his most politically vulnerable, and it happens because it helps the plot move along. Also, I'm surprised this is the first time Dewey has ever been opposed at all. I mean, you'd think a lot of other things have gone wrong in the past for him to, you know, have people protesting against him, but this is the first time he's ever been opposed in all of his life, including his mayoral history. So Yeah, even back when he was mayor of high school. So I guess uh, Alien Abductions was the last straw for Beat City. Yep, I, I told Mayor Dewey, don't skimp on the XCOM project. Is that a reference to something, GC? Very famous video game? Mm, I don't know it. Huh, really? But, no, 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 no. The, the do the Dewdrops. Dewdrops, that was a fun nickname. Yes. This episode kind of bothers me, though, for what it did to Steven's character. Like, in the beginning of the series, it seemed like they were arcing Steven to being a really good people person, you know, great leader, understands the people under him, what they need. Like, even as late as Mr. Greg, he was able to manipulate Greg and Pearl to finally resolve their issues together by getting them to, forcing them into a crisis where they had to talk to each other. And this is him being a very good people person. And, you know, we had him the, you know, how to how to talk to people as a joke with Connie. But now he is just completely not understanding Connie's needs at all. 
um, being unable to recognize what's going on with Mayor Dewey. I mean, the whole, he mostly just keeps a low profile and doesn't get involved in anything. That was, why, Stephen? Yeah, I feel like Stephen's character has been a bit inconsistent, to say the best word, especially over, like, the past season. I think it's also because, good God, these hiatuses really uh it's it's hard to feel like there's a flow so maybe it's just because there's such a big gap between episodes that i'm not really feeling the the flow of his character but i don't know i just feel like steven was a bit out of character in dewey wins and the other episodes i think it was pretty consistent with steven but yeah like you could say he's under a lot of stress he's not under a lot of stress in dewey wins he's just clueless yeah also i'm surprised steven just immediately took Dewey's side was it because he felt guilty that Dewey was being blamed yeah like this is this Dewey literally had nothing to do with this yeah but he also wasn't uh doing the best of handling the situation at all I mean what 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 do you want Dewey to do like let's be honest you're not going to give a rookie an assault rifle and send him out to play with the corpses that's just (laughs) you're not going to get much xp that way (laughs) that's that's a, a really good point you bring up how well will guns fare against the physical form of a gem? It's an interesting question. Yeah, that... that depends. We've seen we've seen gems be poofed from a lot less, but I have a I have a hunch that in the actual show were there to be a huge conflict between humans and gems, that the show would still have the gems dominate anyway. Well, there's a couple big things to that. One is that gems are even just even a pearl, which we have seen, is naturally stronger and faster and more physically capable than even, you know, the, the strongest human. Like, we saw this in um that Ronaldo episode where Ronaldo yes, tried to uh, punch Pearl and she just held out her palm. Yeah, that's Keep Beach City weird. Yeah, so I think, you know, and since these soldier gems are just these big powerhouses that are huge, tower over the normal human being, if you had just, you know, if you evened the, the numbers humans would have quite some trouble fighting against gems, and I'm pretty sure gems have their own set of weapons, although they may be... Hmm. Yeah, but then you have Connie and Topaz squaring off, and Topaz not simply being able to swing so hard that Connie cannot block her. Yeah, it that was... That's a whole different discussion like, on Stephen Steven really has to work to block one topaz but then connie is easily able to block another and steven is so much stronger than connie it makes no sense that connie can handle anything that steven's having trouble with yeah that's one of those things where it's like the fights in steven universe tend to not be that well choreographed it's not the choreography it's not the choreography the, con- it's... the you know the canon the continuity the paying attention to this is how strong this person should be yeah, but, like, imagine in the sense that to depict that accurately, it would have to be a lot more work on animators' parts. It's not really much work to have Topaz break through Connie's guard and send Connie flying, and then Steven, in a panic, gives himself up to Aquamarine. But yeah. then Connie can't be mad at Steven later, and Steven can't completely uncharacteristically not understand why she's mad at it. I think it makes sense that Steven didn't understand. I mean... It's not, like, something I would expect of Steven, but it's also not something that I find hugely out of character, that he wouldn't really understand how Connie's feeling. I think, also, he became very obsessed with making sure that no one was going to get yeah. hurt physically, that he didn't uh, 
on like he he became very almost self-centered in his own emotions that he kind of forgot to understand that other people will also have emotions and opinions and thoughts on what's going on yeah i i kind of liked how he said that it was a very difficult decision to give myself up and i'm like don't lie steven you've been looking for a sword to throw yourself onto for a long time <laughs> yeah he's had the he's had the sacrifice complex for quite a while that was in character that that's the kind of decision that they had built him up to make but it had to be the wrong decision because we had to get here yeah, and it's just, Stephen is kind of in the mindset mindset that everyone secretly blames him for mm-hmm. the fact that everything's going on. Like, he feels like they shouldn't be mad that he sacrificed himself because he feels like they blame him. Like, it's it's his fault. So it's like, well, it's your fault that we have these, these gems on our planet anyway, so, you know, you should you should sacrifice yourself. Yeah, and it's like when Garnet was starting to go into the Pink Diamond explanation. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know, bad things had to happen, so good things could kind of happen. He, he doesn't really, I mean, for one, that's not what he wanted to talk about. But two, I think he's thoroughly unconvinced by that explanation as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Steven just very much does not feel like any of the gems' justifications are really valid but at the same time he doesn't feel like he can fight it because it's you know it's in the past like there's nothing he can do about it he's just sort of like he's sort of delved into this mindset like steven is very much spiraling downwards right now where he deserves everything that comes to him because of what his mom did because of of what happened for some reason you're making me think of patrick in the episode the smoking peanut from spongebob where he is accepting his punishment for stealing the oyster's pearl even though he's not the one who stole it you're right you're right i get what i deserve (laughs) oh that's really bad oh my god i just remembered that you would don't ever say the episode names by title you have to say like the most memorable quote and i'll instantly remember but (laughs) yeah like there's this kind of mindset that i've noticed in people and i've also uh studied about you know, as a as a psychology major, where it's like, in the sense that you're trying to say, it's like, okay, well, let's find a middle ground. Like, let's see everyone's both sides of the story. Let's see um, how you're wrong and how you're wrong. Like, you kind of delve into this mindset that, like, no matter what, someone always has to be a little bit wrong. And I think Stephen uh, very much feels that what's way. What's that called? Like, the false middle or something? Yeah, that's... <sighs> See, that's Something the thing. along those lines. I remember the concepts, but not the vocab, so that's why I'm worried about this final grade. Uh, yeah, it, it's like this false middle ground where it's like, oh, we need to think about both people's perspectives. Or it's like, yeah, but sometimes one person is just wrong. Like, that does happen, so... Argument to moderation, that's what it's called. There you go. There you go. It's it's also argumental fallacy, something like that. But Yeah, it's think, a logical fallacy, it is. Yeah, Stephen feels like he's... um. Like, he has to accept the blame. Like, oh, it's, you know, it, it's my fault, too. And it's like, it's not your fault. Like, you were just born. You just existed. Like, you didn't choose to be there, you know? And so he's kind of taken on this mindset that, that he has to accept some of the blame for everything, even if sometimes, you know, it isn't his fault at all. Yeah, I think Steven needs to have a little chat with Grunkle Stan. I think Grunkle Stan could put things in perspective. Uh... I'm just thinking of how he says to Dipper, you know, uh, sounds like a pretty manly thing to do. You stood up for yourself, you know. He's not saying that the Manatars were wrong, just that Dipper was right. 
Homeworld yeah. doesn't have to be wrong for Rose to be right. I think Homeworld does kind of have to be wrong. Yeah, they do what they do. They want they want the resources of Earth for one thing. The people who are already here want it for themselves. It's just an argument over who gets them. Yeah, but the gems, if they don't have Earth's resources, can still survive as a species in a society. However, uh, the life on Earth has only got that one Earth. Eh. Details. <laughs> get lost in the details, you know. If you look at it in the broad perspective, everyone is right a little look, bit. Look, the diamonds rule a multi-galactic empire. You can't expect them to, like, get really down into the details on this stuff. They're big picture girls. They're uh, big girls. They gotta also, keep Greg in line. A, a question for me, it's like, will we ever be seeing a different alien species besides the gems? Because, you know, the gem empire has soldiers. They lots have, of soldiers. They have lots of soldiers. They have to be fighting something, you know? Because uh, humans weren't much of a threat. It was only a threat when Rose came around. Yep. And it was it, it was an internal thing, like gems fighting gems. And I don't think a civil war... I mean, it's very much possible that a civil war could have happened in the Gem Empire. Yeah, but enough civil wars... I mean, remember, you may have soldiers to help you fight a civil war, but who do you think you're going to be fighting in that civil war? Some yeah. of those soldiers. So that that's kind of what brought up the question. Would Gem's weapons always be designed for other gems? Because the way to take down a gem's body is in a lot of ways different than taking down an organic's body. And also the way that they refer to humans as organic life feels like there are other types of organic life that the gems have come into contact with before. And whether or not they're a space-faring species is also an interesting question that we may not have answered because it, it doesn't really fit all that well in Steven Universe's themes, but it makes me curious. I want to see the expanded Steven Universe. Well, as we see more of the galaxy, we'll get a better perspective for what's out there. Will we be seeing more of the galaxy? Anyone who listened to our episode about the San Diego Comic-Con preview will know what I'm talking about. Uh, everybody be watching on January 5th. That should be fun. But... Uh, we don't know how much we're going to get to see in those episodes, is the thing. Yeah, I think the one way that we could fit that kind of thing, like other alien species, other uh, empires in, in civilizations and governments that the, the gems would be interacting with, would only really be possible in that whole sort of Lars uh, side, uh, side plot sort of thing. Mm. But I really want to see it, because, you know, the gems have to be fighting something. Like it's yep. not just you know some. I like the I like the old fan hypothesis that what if the gems were fighting a similar empire of self-replicating metals? I, I think it's a I think it's a simple but very effective uh, antagonist. But I kind of figure we would have seen something about that to imply that. By yeah, now. I think if the the gems were in the middle of another war, it would have been brought up by now. I would yeah. think I think like the gems are currently the government and the empire and the civilization is currently in a in a state of just like like fragile peace. Yeah, I think they're a hyper power. I don't think that any I don't think there are any galactic powers who can really step to them. That's kind of the impression I get because they don't seem too concerned by anything. Yeah, it it feels like they approach the idea of war 
the same way that they approach the idea of like terraforming a new planet and um step one sanitize planet step two reform planet yeah so i i feel like it's fighting the war isn't like a huge thing it's just like okay well you know this this planet has hostile species that we need to take care of before we can start colonizing and that's what they have the soldiers for my thought process is that there are just based on kind of the the environment that exists in the gem society that we've seen that rebellions and coups aren't that uncommon they're not like super common but they they do happen not on a huge scale maybe roses was the biggest one that ever happened but they happen on an often enough scale on the micro level that the gems had to build some systems around thwarting them so that's why they have soldiers yeah roses was certainly the most successful rebellion well yeah i mean she took four down to three so yeah although really given all the presents white diamond has it's really more three to two yeah that's a good yeah is white diamond even a thing? I I remember saying like there was a I I said a theory about white diamond before that I've completely forgotten, but that's just a very good question. She stands sentinel over homeworld. Yeah, she's just like this giant colossus that maybe was the source for all the first gems, but it was has been decommissioned. I guess maybe she is homeworld. Hmm. Who knows? Maybe the planet is just one giant lady. Greg's ultimate dream. <laughs> GC. Oh, that was really bad. What? He likes them big. He has Why have multiple smaller women when you can have one giant woman? <laughs> oh, that is really bad. Um, yeah, I think like half the purpose of the the army, the soldiers, the the rubies, the all them quartzes. All the quartzes is as an intimidation factor for possible rebellions and those kind of uprisings was the word I was looking for, that kind of thing. As well as the, um, like, oh, the Jasper's whole monologue about, you know, we all have to fit into this certain thing and if not, you have to be purged. I think that in itself has been propaganda that she has heard about the the gems society and that kind of thing so i think that kind of propaganda is something that they definitely do bring up a lot so so were you happy about ronaldo's role in gemcation i was because he was portrayed as being very annoying and obnoxious which is how i think of him oh come on how is ronaldo the obnoxious one he loans steven his dvds and then steven holds on to them for three months without watching them. And okay. then, then, when Ronaldo goes to finally get his DVDs back, Stephen has the nerve to lock the door. Okay, listen. This scenario strikes me up as it being very likely that Ronaldo gave Stephen the CDs very much against Stephen's will. Stephen had no interest in watching Koala Princess, or what little interest he showed was to kind of like humor Ronaldo and Ronaldo's like, oh if you want to watch it, I've got these CDs. You know, you really gotta watch it. And then he and then he hands the CDs to Steven. You know. Ronaldo resembles that remark. Yeah, I've had I've had people like that in the past who absolutely refuse to uh be acquainted with someone who is not equally as obsessed with the things they are obsessed with. So 
You're just jealous because Ronaldo knows more about the koala lore than you do. Uh, I have no interest in the koala lore. Well, see, there you go. That's your problem. <laughs> That's my problem? Yes. Well, it's... Yeah. Ronaldo, I feel like that's kind of what happened. Most likely. Yeah. But, yeah, Ronaldo was... I do I do want to ask this, though, of Steven. Who sets their phone down, face down, on the counter? I do. All the time. Why would you, why would you put it... Why, why would you do this? I don't know. It just... It, it feels more natural. My phone's face down right now. Weird. I don't know. It just it feels right, especially with the phone case. Okay, so maybe maybe Steven's not as weird as I thought. But the fact that you know he's eagerly and eagerly awaiting a call or a text from Connie. Mm. Yeah, it's. A, I also appreciated how um, the gems and Greg didn't give Steven a hard time because he was always looking at his phone. Like maybe this kind of did, but I thought she was really smooth. I think she was just trying to, like, start a conversation. Yeah. The way she tried to get Steven to open up to her at first was really smooth. I liked that. That should have worked, but she didn't know what the problem was. Yeah, I think (laughs) Amethyst just sort of, like, she really was trying. She really was (laughs) putting in the effort for that. She just had no idea what to go about it. Oh, no, it was a great try. Well, yeah, but she just had no idea how to even approach it. And she felt, like, you could obviously tell she was uncomfortable. It's like... How do I comfort yeah. people? I don't know. So are you super into phones now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like, Ugh. you know, she's trying her best. She just doesn't know what to do. Like, it feels like she's very new to the whole being emotionally mature and conscious. So. Yeah, she's used to being the baby of the group. Now she's decided to become the big sister. I mean, she does have like a few thousand years on Steven, so. Yeah, although... That doesn't always seem to determine the maturity of a gem. Nope. I would say. Like, uh, look at look at Lapis and Peridot. Connie told them in the new Crystal Gems. You're acting like children, but you're actually thousands of years old. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're thousands of years older than you. That act like <laughs> it! <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how the gems both simultaneously have a concept of age-influencing maturity and also do not. Like... I think it's supposed to be like a sort of throwaway joke that was told, but I still, you know, cling to it where Pearl was like, oh, I was only a few thousand years old when I started to serve Rose Quartz. And it was like, is that, is that a lot? (laughs) You know, like that feels like a lot. Apparently it's not much for gems. Yeah. And it's just like, it must have been a throwaway joke. I know it must have been a throwaway joke, but at the same time, I'm just like, okay, but now is age important? So. Yeah, like, do gems have a concept of, it's like, well, okay, she just formed, like, it's her first time emerging, like, of course she's gonna not know what to do, or is it just, like, you know, a gem that's thousands upon thousands of years old on the same level of expected maturity as a gem that was... I don't think gems, like, change as they age, but they get more experienced. Like, did you see Leggy and how unconfident she was? It was her first mission. So wait, we just get out and walk around? Yeah, it's... But does that, how much of a bearing does that have on judgments of character? I don't think she'll change much. She'll learn her job better, but... Yeah, but are they going to say, okay, well, we want to send a couple rubies out for this mission. Like, it's a pretty important mission, so let's pick ones with experience. Versus, like, just random pick a bunch of rubies with experience. That kind of thing. Hmm. 
I mean, they were going after who's supposedly a high-priority target. Why rubies were sent for Jasper in the first place? Like, why does anyone trust rubies with those ships? This is what happens. They must have thought that Jasper was just stranded. Like, she didn't have anything... Like, no Yeah, that's danger. true. Like, they, they just were homing in on gems wherever wherever they could. Yeah, so, it, it, yeah, it could just be that um, they assumed that Jasper... Because that's what Peridot said, wasn't it? That's like, oh, we had a problem with landing. So yeah. they must have assumed, like, oh, well, I guess she, um... The only reason she's still on Earth is because she's trapped there. And so it's just like, let's send a bunch of rubies who could pilot a ship and, and get this taken care of instead of sending a bunch of corpses. Because this is just a... Like, if they could send the unpiloted ship, they would. They should have sent a Nephrite so we could see what they look like. Oh, Nephrite. Nephrite feels like those very skilled and experienced uh, pilots or mechanics or whatever. Mm. They're important enough to pilot dropships. Has that been, uh... Wasn't that what was implied to be Centipedal's original gem name? They never... They, they never properly implied anything about what Centipedal was. Oh, yeah. It was... It's just that Nephrite is a green gem, but we never saw a centipedal anywhere near a dropship. Nothing, nothing with a cockpit, anyway. Well, there was a Rose's original. Yeah, but that has a bridge. That has a bridge, not a cockpit. Ah, you see. Oh, no, I guess a bridge is like big ship versus small ship, but. Yep. I don't know. It could be that they appreciate any ship. Yeah. Anyway, we, we just don't know. We just do not know. I really want to know more and the show is i think almost purposefully antagonizing us for being so lore hungry with those with the the, the garnet thing and the pearl thing it's they like, know they gotta drip feed us oh man pearl what i'm s still wondering i'm i've seen her she will reflexively cover her mouth when she's uncomfortable like in situations where she could not possibly be wanting to say something diamond related but well, she this time she covers her mouth all the time. That's just very much a yeah, pearl sort of thing. Yeah, I'm saying she does that gesture just whenever she's uncomfortable, but this time she was definitely like, that was more than just a gesture of discomfort. That was a shut up pearl kind of a thing. Yeah, and the, the whole question is is this something that just pearl does psychologically based off of just thousands of years of habit? Or is this a literal mechanical interference. It has to be mechanical. From from the outside that is forcing Pearl not to talk. I think it's internal programming, but I think if it was just a habit, she had 5,000 years to break that habit while with Rose. So, and she was, she, she's had longer with Rose to break the habit than she was without Rose. Yeah, but the gems also have proven to have stagnated for a while without really putting any effort into changing you know, who they are or what they do Yeah. Know, after the war. During the war, it's possible that Pearl did try and break that kind of thing, and maybe she just sort of settled back into it because she just never talked about it. I don't know. That that hand is forcibly, forcibly slamming itself in her mouth, and she's using another hand to try to pull it away. You can't say that's just a, oh, that's just what Pearl does when she's uncomfortable at that point. Like, maybe she adopted the hands to the mouth as a discomfort gesture because of that programming. Yeah, I mean, we could say that it is literal programming, like literally the way Jim's function is to not be able to speak when it's something that they're not supposed to say. Or it could be like Pearl maybe was brainwashed. Like there was some sort of, you know, clockwork orange thing going on that... You don't want your brainwashed. <laughs> yeah, like something like that could have happened. 
Like, is it something that is gem-specific, that this kind of silencing only can happen to gems because of the way that they function in their society, blah, 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 blah? Or is it something that could sort of happen with people, too? Because people... Like, I think we've all experienced a moment where you really want to say something, but you absolutely cannot. Like, there's just that ball in your throat, and words just will not form. Hmm. That kind of thing. And it's very possible that Pearl's just experiencing that very same thing. And so, yeah, I mean, like, I'm reluctant to adopt the theory that there is some sort of physical barrier that is preventing Pearl from saying this, that's from the outside, that is gem-specific. Like, I think it's very likely. Like, I also want to believe that Pearl is just, like, it's how she set up the way she that she, that she thinks. I don't know. Just think back to Reunited when Pearl was talking about the damage from the diamonds and how that is something that is literally impossible to explain. And then Garnet goes and easily explains it in a single sentence, and they play it off for laughs. It sounds pretty explained to me. Yeah, I... Hmm. But, and and then you have this, where she's like, the things that are Im- impossible for me to explain, but I want to. I I don't know, I think we may be setting, up, setting ourselves up for a pearl reveal. I think a pearl reveal is on the horizon regardless. I think she has seen and experienced things that are very key to the plot. I think it would be... You know, I I don't think Pearl shattered Pink Diamond. I think she was involved in the shattering. Probably, and it was a bit more complicated than simply Rose walked up to Pink Diamond and shattered her, that's it. But it's possible that there was like a betrayal going on where like Pearl was in disguise. Maybe she was a lot more involved with it. Yeah, I'm super curious about how things went down because if, if Pearl was the one to do it, that would definitely be a reason why everybody would be like, yeah, Rose did it. Even if Rose did not do it. Yeah, and it could be that just, like, Pearl felt such insurmountable guilt about it that she just feels like she cannot speak about it, and even the crystal gems themselves don't want to acknowledge it. Or maybe well, they, they don't might not know. know. Rose might, yeah, Rose it may have been just, like, this huge, 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 huge secret that Pearl has been holding on to all this time. And so that, I think, could be, like, a very good explanation to just the psychological side of why Pearl can't speak in that scene. It's that just, it has been a secret to everyone, even herself, this entire time. So, she can't, she can't say it. But, um, I don't know, I feel like there's just so little information about the whole Pink Diamond thing. Yep, can't, not much to really base any speculations on. Also, Steven was absolutely eating up that, uh... The lawyer gem, whose gem's name I forgot. He was eating Zircon? up Zircon. Oh, yes. He yes. was eating up her explanation like candy. Like, he was totally buying into it. And so now I'm kind of like, okay, well, now that the whole Connie thing, which was at the forefront of his mind, is over, can he please, like, actually start asking real questions about what happened? <sighs> I'm still waiting for Blue to come to Earth to work with Rose to find the real Shatterer. Oh, I would be so happy. Work w- w- with Rose? I would just smile from ear to ear. Well, that's what she would call Stephen. Oh, that's a good point. It would make me grin from ear to ear to see that happen, even if it was just a non-canon little self-fanfiction short that Stephen did. Like a zine made by one of the artists? 
No, like it, like if they do a short that is like Stephen Drew in crayon, like fan <laughs> art of him and Blue working together to find the real Shatterer, it would warm my heart. Yeah, I just Stephen had this whole episode where he was going nuts looking for any possible explanation as to why he exists, what Rose's contributions to the war was, everything and everything. He was just I bitty Asia. He needed to know, and now it's just like, it's over? It's like, okay, it's not over. Like, he, it's... The specific conflict in that episode was settled, but his feelings as a whole have not changed, I think. It's like, it's one of those internal conflicts that's going to take several episodes to really uh, solve. Yeah, what I'm really worried about is that later on, we're going to get an episode where something happens that would not have happened if the Gems had properly debriefed Steven about what happened when he was on Homeworld. Like, and it's just, I'm just going, I'm getting the impression that he's not going to tell them much about what happened, even though he should. I feel like he should, he will. I don't know. Cause it feels like he hasn't explained and the gems have interpreted his sort of reluctance with him being kind of traumatized. Yeah. So they were waiting for him to bring it up on his own. And now, now that A, they realized that wasn't the problem. And B, Steven has, Steven's thing with Connie has been settled. I think we're just going to get, the next episode is Steven sitting on the couch and the gem sitting, you know, around him listening to him as he tells them what happened. Like. Mm. Objection! Zircon so saved him. Yeah, and it's just like, please, I'm dying for just something. Just some extra little tidbits of lore, of information. And not just that, but like, I think the gem's sort of interpretation of what's going on will be also really good like pearl saying it was like oh that wasn't like that when i was when i was last on homeworld that kind of thing also yeah. i'm very curious as to why pearl has such a positive regard for homeworld at all that is that has always been something to wonder like we we saw in the zoo that pearls aren't exactly treated that great yeah pearls are not treated that great at all and so what positive experiences has she had in homeworld that would make her want to go back like maybe she had her own little social circle of pearls where they just gossiped and had a good time and like walked around the city like i love the fan art of the pearls getting together to gossip yeah although it feels like the pearls that serve the diamonds are on a bit of a different class than just the regular run-of-the-mill pearls no but everybody assumes pearl served one of the two other diamonds so i t- I don't completely buy into that theory. I think it's possible in the sense that at this point anything is possible. Yeah. But. Let's be honest, our Pearl is pretty amazing. Yeah, she's pretty cool, but like, it just something about it doesn't feel like she was specifically Pink Diamond's Pearl. Because it, it, it feels like the Pearls, the Diamond's Pearls would specifically never leave uh, the Diamond's side. So. That feels like that would add a lot of continuity problems with how could Pearl mm. betray her original owner if she's never allowed to leave their side at all anyway. I don't know. I feel like Pearl's original owner is going to be a new character that hasn't been introduced yet. Hopefully not Hessianite. Hessianite. Or Hessianite, however you pronounce her. The one from the new game. Oh yeah, I need a... I hate that they limited it to... um you know, just the next-gen consoles, because I really want to play it. I really want them little tidbits of lore. 
and I hope they release it on the PC. Yeah, and I'm like, even on PC, it's like, can I get it on my iPad? Like, I feel like that game would be too difficult to run on on an iPad. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, well, have you have you any more thoughts? I do wish we had got to hear some of the Ocean Town jokes <laughs> from Dewey wins. Dewey defeats Nanafwa. I think Ocean Town's going to be one of those things that's like in so many shows where it's uh, specifically a thing that they're not going to talk about. Well, they, they, the party in Last One Out of Beach City was in Ocean Town, and they had that big billboard now no longer on fire. So, I mean, whatever happened, like, it's bad enough that it's okay for Ocean Town to kind of be like, hey, we're better now. Yeah. It's also, like, there's always that one thing in cartoons that they never reveal. The noodle incident. Yeah, like, in, in The Simpsons, how they are never going to reveal what state they're in, although even though at this point it would li- be literally impossible, because they've had a, like, something like there's the five points meet up, and there's no place in the United States where five different states meet at one location. So, that whole thing, mm. but, you know, Steven might pull that kind of thing as well, where... They're just going to tease it, but never really reveal. We we already have the mystery of what happened to stop the big donut from making their own donuts. I think <laughs> maybe there's a reason Lars is scared of baking. Well, I don't think he's scared of baking because it's dangerous. I think he's scared of baking yeah, for like. I, a... I know, I know. Yeah, it's called humor. I try. I try so hard. GC tries really hard, and I, for some reason, and I can appreciate that. Yeah, I do, GC. I try. I I appreciate you. Yeah, nail it. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have anything else to say about the episodes? Uh, nope. I think I think I've said said my piece about Dewey wins and Jim Cation. Uh, next week we will be talking about raising the barn and back to the kindergarten. So two more bright, sunshiny episodes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But until then, I'm GC13. And I'm Sophia. Leave us a review on iTunes. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.